Are you curious about the current state of the rapidly changing real estate market? For answers, look no further than Brian Linda at Coldwell Banker Bernizer Realtors. We are experienced real estate professionals with over 40 combined years in the industry. We have a finger on the pulse of the market and can help you understand the latest trends and conditions no matter how wild they appear. Right now, we are offering a free, no-strings-attached seller's guide. This guide is packed with valuable tips and insights to help you navigate the selling process with confidence. Contact us today at www.realestatechanged.com or find Get Brian and Linda on Facebook. Remember, for all things real estate, Get Brian and Linda. Hello, Talk of the Town is up and running in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, USA. I'm Scott Montesano, and this is where the Chippewa Valley comes to talk. And we're going to get a little bit of everything this week here in the Chippewa Valley. A little bit of humidity, we're going to get a little bit of rain, but overall, a nice uh, summer week here in the Chippewa Valley and a lot of people out and about plenty of summer activities coming up on this program. We're going to talk about something, though, in the fall and the winter. That is the Pablo Center and uh, some big news out of the Pablo Center this week. And for those of you who have been wanting to hate on the Pablo Center, it may be time to uh, take the L on that. A reminder to follow and subscribe to us on Spotify and iHeart. Have all of these locally made podcasts come right to you. We start off with this. Uh, We mentioned it last week. It came to light. And surprisingly for those associated with uh, the affected uh, operation, but the city in its strategic planning budget had dropped a $500,000 commitment to the Eau Claire Humane Association shelter, the new shelter that is currently being built and will be be built. The city had committed $500,000 towards the building of this shelter. And remember, the shelter serves, this this wasn't just a a blanket donation. The, The city has a direct need for the shelter in that all abandoned animals and that all strays that the city of Eau Claire comes in possession of, for lack of a better term, per the per the city's own ordinances has to go to the shelter, the humanely go to the shelter. So the shelter serves a vital part of the operation of the city. But it came to light last week that that the city was going to commit to the shelter has been removed, reallocated to other things. And, And you and I know what is really becoming quite obvious. Our city doesn't have enough money. We, 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 we have to start, we can be upset and pound the, pound the table. I think that maybe the bedside manner as to how this is being uh, brought to light is a little frustrating for, for people because we're just seeing things being removed. But the reality of it is, is that as our city grows, and not just as the city grows, but as just infrastructure ages or needs to be modernized, costs are going up and what have you, and just the the, the the basic operating expenses are going up and it's harder to cover the basics while also trying to spend on other things and not just 
frivolous things, but even some things that you're you're stretching out for like this. This is not a frivolous spend, but it's definitely not something that isn't a day-to-day -day essential need. Is it a need? Yes, but it's not an essential need. All right, you you think of the needs that you have in this world. Uh, you, you, you need water, you need food, you need shelter. Do you need the internet? You don't need the internet. But in today's society, not just for fun, but to operate, to get news, to get information, to communicate, all that, you do very much need the internet. So it's not an essential, but you very much need it. And we are getting to the point now in this city where the equivalency of paying for the internet is becoming difficult. So I think that's something we all have to acknowledge at the same time. When is it appropriate for us as a city to still stretch out? So we had that come to light last week and 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 uh, Monday night at the city council public hearing phase, a, a big, big group of supporters for the Eau Claire Humane Association speaking at the public comment period, uh, asking city councilors to reconsider, to reinstate the $500,000, uh, employees of the shelter, supporters of the shelter, uh, volunteers, all of them. Uh, speaking, and we'll see what the city council does. Um, there definitely was a, a big rallying cry for it. We have seen in the past that the number of speakers in support or against something doesn't always lead to being able to foreshadow what the city councilors are going to do. But uh, it'll be interesting to see. And if you do end up saying, yes, we should reinstate this money, we still as a city, you know, where are you pulling the money from? I think that's the important thing too. Uh, you're not just going to have an extra $500,000 $500, uh, that's there. Um, now, the shelter itself is going to be built. It's already being built. It's going to be built. Uh, but if the city does not cover the $500,000, then obviously more fundraising would have to be would have to be done. So it's a difficult, very difficult uh, decision that has to be made by the city. Do you spend the $500,000 for something you very much need? Or do you not spend it? And and, and you know, not easy decisions. Not e easy decisions. It's it's uh, we are like a family budget. Times are are getting tougher just to cover the most essential operating expenses. And what scares me, what worries me, is. Because the, the <laughs> I, I'll tell you this, they, they, they pulled this $500,000 knowing that if you pull money from anything animal cause related, that is immediate, immediate 
political uh, political decapitation. You do anything that even remotely hints at uh, disadvantaging animals, it's political decapitation. You know it's not going to be popular. You know it's going to be universally unpopular. Uh, and the people that are going to be the maddest are going to be very, very loud. They did that knowing that. That's how rough things seem to be right now for the city council and the uh, the budget and the strategic planning committee. So we'll keep an eye on that. We'll see what maybe is said uh, on Tuesday at the city council meeting. Uh, back to some good news here. You know, one of the media counterparts in this area, great guy, John Murphy, over with Midwest Family Broadcasting, uh, 40 years broadcasting here in the Chippewa Valley. Uh, a variety of stations over with uh, Midwest Family Broadcasting for the longest time hosted a local talk show in this area. 40 years locally, uh, he's been honored by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association. A true good guy, happy-go-lucky guy. One of the last true media celebrities in the area. Uh, yeah, really one of the last true... Uh, faces and voices of the area. Now, a, a few people on TV would count as a media celebrity. Uh, you, you see them at the grocery store, you'd go, oh, I, I've seen them on TV, but it's, it's quickly dwindling on the radio side of people that are, you know, they might be recognizable. People might be recognizable, even the TV individuals. They might be recognizable, but are they really a celebrity? Do they really have, do they, are they able to set an agenda in the area? You know, and you really would see that on the radio side of things, which you have much more of a direct connection with the, the public. And this isn't, again, something that you, you don't blame the actual talent that's out there. And it's just the way things kind of are right now, not just the way maybe management operates things, but also just the way we consume media. Uh, you, you don't, you have so many options now that things are spread out. So not as many, you know, I remember growing up where I did, and let's take radio for instance, and you had a bunch of radio stations, and you had a bunch of local radio stations in local town, and there were four or five morning radio shows, but your group of friends that you had tended to listen to one or two of the shows. Everybody was listening, just like everybody was watching the same type of TV shows and whatnot. And you'd have people talking about the shows, and they'd be, you know, they'd be getting to know who the who the hosts were and all of that. Those days are are over. But getting back to John Murphy, great career, a reminder of maybe what it once was and what we hope it could one day be again. Uh, another positive story, a little outside of the area, down in Augusta, uh, Nick's Dog Treats and Coffee Brew announcing they will be reopening in Augusta in a few weeks. Uh, Nick's Dog Treats and Coffee Brew, their business devastated by a fire last uh, November. Uh, it's a good story. It's a, It was just devastating to hear about them having a fire. Uh, this is the business that Nick, uh, he's got cerebral palsy. 
And his mom, Jennifer, helped him open this store as a way for him to have work. Nick wanted to have jobs, could not get jobs because of his condition. So the family took matters into their own hands. Uh, you, you, you love it. Now, this, this goes on in, 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 in many ways. You, you, you've had the, we've all heard the stories, especially in resort towns and whatnot of the busy store. Uh, a spouse buys uh, a village door, a village door, uh, village door front and uh, gives it to their spouse. You know, the, the, the sugar daddy or the sugar mama. All right. Buys it for their their spouse and says, "Hey, you know, here's a place you can go during the day, sell a knickknacks and whatnot." So you have that. This kind of along the same lines, but much much more wholesomer. In that, here's Nick, wants to work, young man, but because of the cerebral palsy, his dream is was to just work, and could not get a job with his condition. You know, he could have probably done some of the most rudimentary things that there are. A business was never going to trust him with with certain things that he wanted to do and aspire to. So what did the family do? His mom, they start up this business. Now, of course, hopefully he can parlay this into something else. Uh, you know, hey, look, I've I run a business. Uh, but good for him, good for his mom. Uh, I remember when the fire happened thinking, boy, that's going to be hard for them to, every business says they're going to rebuild, uh, but it doesn't always happen. And that will wind down the program this uh, today with this. So yesterday, the Pablo Center announced its sixth season. I know, the six seasons now for the Pablo Center. Uh, this is going to be a positive discussion about the Pablo Center with, with only one thing I don't necessarily like. Uh, the way they announce their new season and what they're going to have is they have a big brochure, which I love the fact that they have this brochure. And this brochure, I've never actually seen the physical copies of these brochures. If I, if I was them, I'd print up enough. They've got the money. I'd print up enough and put them up around town like uh, volume one uh, it, it, it'd be like the ver it'd be like a pocket schedule for sports teams but i digress when they announce this they don't announce it in a web friendly format they put this brochure on the web and you have to click through it as a as a file to look at everything so that becomes a little little tedious i wish they put it into more of a web friendly uh, form as opposed to just putting this huge brochure online and there's a lot of gratuitous writing with it and, and stuff like that. Stuff that you would want to read if you had it in your hand physically but when you're looking online you just want to peruse. That's the one negative that I have on the announcement from yesterday. The Pablo Center continues it, it is very much a force now i've openly said i've only been to the pablo center once the november before the pandemic went to go see a, a spoof on uh, shakespeare there were some things this last season i was interested in namely the book of mormon 
couldn't get it worked into my calendar. But I have got to go back this upcoming year. Now, now I, I, I am not the demographic. Not because I'm not into the arts and anything like that. Because I'm going to go through this schedule, folks. This is not artsy-fartsy mumbo-jumbo that the Pablo Center is bringing in, especially now. You're going to see recognizable things. But I'm not the demographic because of the age of my kids. I am really busy. I am really busy, especially in the winter. Youth hockey tournaments and, 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 and figure skating and, of course, uh, all the sports broadcasts that I do. So I am not the demographic, but I still have got to get back to the Pablo Center. So you look at what they've got here. And this is what I was going to talk about. If you were hoping the Pablo Center would be a failure or would struggle, and there's a lot of you out there, some of you root for chaos. The whole tax thing, I know, made a lot of people bitter. There's just people that just want to hate. If you were hoping the Pablo would be a failure or would struggle, you've lost. That, 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 that you, you, you've, you've lost. The, the, the verdict is out. You have lost. If you were thinking, why we build it? They're not bringing anything. Nothing's going to come to Eau Claire. You've lost. Nobody's going to go to the shows. Eau Claire's not going to support these things. Nope, you've lost. Now, this isn't to say there's not going to be a, you know, in the future, 5, 10, 15 years from now, there won't be a year or two where the Pablo struggles or whatever. Like any operation, something may happen, a new leader may come in that doesn't mesh or, or anything like that. There may be a struggle, a year or two where it struggles, like any business. But this venture is a big thumbs up. It, 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 it's a winner. It's, it's an absolute winner. Uh, this was not a failure. This was not a boondoggle for the area. Look at what they have coming in. You know, so, now, these aren't, you know, they're not bringing in Taylor Swift. Now, we've all heard the rumors, and I've heard from some people that are very uh, highly connected to the Pablo Center that, uh, wink, wink, there's a lot of truth to that that Taylor Swift was actually at the Pablo Center uh, doing recording and jam sessions for, you know, preparing for her latest album and the this 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 multi-billion dollar tour that she's on. And there's been other big time acts that have gone through. We've all heard the, the, the rumors of that, but you get the idea. Taylor Swift is not performing at the Pablo Center. The, the, the hottest acts right now aren't going to the Pablo Center. But you're getting big-time entertainment. September 10th, Toad the Wet Sprocket. I know it's not 1994 anymore, but that's going to be a big show. Toad the Wet Sprocket. Uh, comedian Kathleen Madigan is coming in September. Uh, Don McLean. Don McLean coming in September. Then you look at this. All right, this is kind of cool. In October, Tony Danza and his four-piece band will be performing. Tony Danza, I guess, goes on stage. He's got a four-piece band, does a little singing, little like lounge-type show, and he tells some stories. Those shows are pretty cool. I went to go see Carol Burnett once at the Des Moines Civic Center. 
and it was just her replaying some of her old clips of shows and telling stories, and it was entertaining for two hours. Tony Danza, probably the same thing here. I really should go to that. My wife's name is Angela. See if I can get Tony to say Angela. Mary Chapin Carpenter and Sean Colvin in October. You've got big-time Broadway shows. Now you're getting those Broadway shows when they go out on tour. Mean Girls in November. A couple days of Mean Girls. In December, uh, the Gloria Estefan musical, On Your Feet. In April, Shrek the Musical. And again, these are the Broadway shows. These are not, not the, the poo-poo it. This is not the Children's Theater. This is not the Chippewa Valley Theater Guild. These are the, the professionals that are coming in to perform these, these shows. Comedian Brian Regan in December. And this is just a small sliver of all the stuff they go on. This is the, this is the stuff that caught my eye, the stuff that I'm going to be really considering going to. And there's so many other things, so many other things that are maybe very, very niche, but will draw crowds. Plus, you've got a jam schedule of the locals, the various symphonies, the children's theater does some uh, performances there, what have you. So much is going on at the Pablo Center. I think it's exciting. I think it's very, very exciting what they've put together over at the Pablo Center. And, and and remember, the place is not without its its faults. I I have said I've only been inside of there once, but a lot of people that have gone inside the Pablo Center will say the same thing. You go inside. The outside is gorgeous. The whole inside and that that idea of the the exposed rivets and the color scheme still seems to clash a bit. It seemed, it, it, it really had, I, didn't, I don't like it. I don't like the way it was built on the inside, uh, the theater itself. But the actual functionality of it is great. And we said those couple of years before the pandemic, no, it's it's you know the 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 schedule is eh, but give them time while they get onto these these touring schedules, and by golly, it may have been delayed by a year because of the pandemic and slowing things down. But look at what they are bringing in, and if you know, and some people are still you don't hear as much of the 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 hate thrown at the Pablo Center as you did five years ago, because I think a lot of the people have recognized that's a that's a loss, but there's always going to be these people that are going to be bitter over it because of the because of the the the, the taxes and the TIF and and, and 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 all of that and I, I get it. But if you remain bitter over that, if you will not support the Pablo Center uh, you're missing out. And if you're still going around saying, well, we built this thing, but what actually is going in there, you're missing out as well. And if your bar, if your bar is, it's got, and let me rephrase this. I, I, I mentioned these, 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 these performances that are coming, 
a lot of these are not, they're, they're not household names anymore. Tony Danza is not a household name anymore. I know who he is, but I'm probably at the, the, the bottom, the bottom end of the age demographic at 41 that knows who he is. Toad the Wet Sprocket, the same thing. Kathleen Madigan is a comedian, but comedians, stand-up comedians, are always household names except for a very few. I understand that. The, the, the musicals that are coming in, these big Broadway theatrical things, sometimes people aren't very excited about those. I, I get that. I, 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 say this, I, I say this list out here, and you may look and go, well, none of those at all interest me. That's that's fine, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you this. Very rarely is there going to be something that goes anywhere, anywhere that you immediately say I've got to go to it. A lot of times you've got to look at the schedule and go, well, this would interest me. This would interest me. You've got to be a little bit more active to take advantage of any type of performance center like this. You have to. I think that's that. I think that's where people, are. judging by what the attendance numbers were this year, that's what people in the area are starting to do. Maybe you you've liked stand-up comedians. You've gone to a couple before, and you're like, you know what? I want to go back to the Pablo Center. I want to see a a big-time professional stand-up comic. And you say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go see Kathleen Madigan in September, or I'll buy tickets to Brian Regan, or Charlie Barons is going back. I'm going to get one of those tickets to go see Charlie Barons. All right, I'm not that familiar with their work, but I like stand-up comics. Let's go to that. Or you look and you say, geez, you know, I remember Toad the Wet Sprocket. Boy, that'd be kind of a fun show. Let's get the wife together. Let's get let's call the wife. Let's call the, the husband. Let's call the friends. Hey, let's go, let's go downtown. We'll get a bite to eat. We'll go listen to Toad the Wet Sprocket and we'll have a night out. That'll be enjoyable. That's what I think you really are going to get now with the Pablo Center. These are good shows, going to be fun. You can take advantage of something for everybody. And if you look at the schedule and you say, nope, it's a terrible schedule, it's awful, there's nothing, then, then you're just hating for the sake of hating. So congratulations to the Pablo Center. I think every time I, I, I see the place, it excites me over making dreams a reality in this area and we are on the cusp of another arena in Lake Cali. We're on the cusp obviously of the Sonentag Center. It's it's amazing what uh, has gone on and not only what has gone on but what continues to flourish in the area. You know, not everything turns out to be a tremendous success. Look right next door to the Pablo Center, the Haymarket Square. From a community standpoint, yes, it's got great apartments there for the UWEC students, but look at that commercial space. It, will, it has been a disaster and a slog to get that filled. A disaster and a slog to get that filled. So not just because you build something is it automatically a success. Pablo Center, uh, a great job in slowly building it up each year. There's been growth every year, so great job there. Excitement. We will keep an eye on, uh, obviously, the city council. Uh, we didn't even touch on the fact uh, the, the city council and the, the city administration uh, talking about uh, the, the whole garbage hauler thing in the area and maybe trying to rework some rules to help 
the garbage haulers, uh, modernized equipment and stuff like that. Uh, I thought I looked at that last week. Uh, doesn't I don't think there's anything controversial at all there. Uh, it's one of those things of you had the you had the rule book written years and years and years ago, and nobody it was never really a priority to look at the rule book, and uh, now the rule book is uh, preventing some modernization. It's inadvertently preventing some modernization. So time to look at the rule book and go, yeah, you know, we got to kind of update this. You know, what we thought in the 1990s isn't the same as we think uh, now. Uh, so that's going on uh, as well. But make sure you're safe out there. We'll talk to you again on Thursday on behalf of everyone who made this podcast possible. I'm Scott Montesano saying there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Make sure to take advantage of it. And until next time, so long, everybody. The one thing that is undeniably universal is that death is inevitable. The death of a loved one is unsettling, regardless of the situation, and as such, those at the end of the process serve an invaluable role. Our friend Randy with Stokes, Proc, and Munt and the Cremation Society is here to tell us how funeral directors are here to provide much-needed assistance. Our main job is to educate, to comfort, to give them order, and to help them consider celebrating the life of the person that they lost, which is very therapeutic for them in the long run. Randy and the folks at Stokes, Proc, and Munt, along with the Cremation Society, are available to answer any of your questions, including pre-planning your arrangements. Check them out online and on social media.